Go ahead. The beginning's always the worst. I know, right? It's like <laughs> so, so awkward. awkward. I know. Even when I'm just by myself in my own little studio, I'm like, all right, I can do this. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> it's going to be okay. This isn't weird. This isn't weird. This isn't weird. <laughs> now that we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Rocky Road Podcast. I am here with my friend Mandy, and we have a guest that we will introduce in just a moment. Before we start, I wanted to remind everybody that we have a lovely email address. Thank you, Gmail, therockyroadpod at gmail.com. And we would love to hear your story. We would love to hear anything you have to share. Tell me a really cool interaction you had in the grocery store with a stranger or something that someone said that changed your day in a good way or a bad way. Um, We'll keep them anonymous if you want. If you want us to share your name, we'll think about it. Um, We also have an Instagram, the Rocky Road Pod. So visit us on there. We share a lot of silly content. We also share a lot of our links and information about our guests and some fun quotes, graphics. Um, We just really want to build a nice community on there. So visit us there at the Rocky Road Pod. And without further ado, how you doing, Mandy? I'm doing well today. How are you doing, Kristen? Um, I'm doing okay. What a great day. It's a beautiful (laughs) day today. Um, We are here with Michaela, and she's going to introduce herself and chat with us today for a little while. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited to be here. And so tell us who you are. Tell us about yourself and what brought you here. Oh or man. to this point, I guess, because we asked you to come here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did, say, Mandy. Um, I an did. Instagram message. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Mickey Bell, and I. How much time do you have? <laughs> Just kidding. Fourteen part episodes. I, I always say, I'm a single mom to like the coolest youngest preacher that you'll ever <laughs> meet. Um, my technical title, or what I have given myself, is. I'm a learning experience designer and pretty much is just a fancy way of saying I write curriculum and design online programs and I do that for myself and I also do it for other people as well Um, and I've been in business since 2020 like so many people I lost Mm. my job Mm. the very beginning of COVID and a lot of things happened. I was just getting ready to move into a house. Luckily, I was able to pull out of the contract of that house. Mm-hmm. So, like, thank God for the timing of that. But I moved into my parents, like, above my parents' garage, which felt awful as, like, a 34, almost 35-year-old single woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told my dad, I said, I don't want to just get another job. I'm too old for this. <laughs> and I took the outline of a book that I had started writing and I created my first online course called the savvy single Mm -hmm. I definitely have a heart for single women because I got married really young and I didn't listen to my gut I didn't Mm. read all the signs or I saw the signs but I didn't trust myself enough to know that they were signs same uh yeah right (laughs) and so my main like my heart and my passion is for teaching young single women some of the skills I wish that I would have had and the knowledge that I wish I would have had. I created tools that I wish I would have had. So that's what the Savvy Single is. It's really like a holistic program for women Mm -hmm. to just learn about all the different parts of them so that it doesn't matter what their relationship status is, that they can stand on the ground of who they are. 
Um, the funny thing is like two thirds of my students are married, <laughs> so I'm getting ready to change the name. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm getting ready to change the name of the program to the savvy journey. There you go. Oh, cool. Um, and then I've developed quite a few other programs mm-hmm. from there. There's a life group curriculum for churches and colleges that's in there. Tons and tons of workshops at this, at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm developing my first male program right now mm. coming up so that we can help single men mm-hmm. develop emotional intelligence themselves. There you go. What a concept, wow. right? So <laughs> I'm so curious about how most of the women are married. I was going to ask before you said that, do you think that women that are younger are seeking out this curriculum or is it after something has happened then saying, oh, I need to reset and focus more on myself? Yeah, so I'm kind of finding two different um like the younger women, I, I don't know why I feel like younger women have always been like attracted to me and it's maybe feels more like a mentor, mm. kind of big sister. Like I feel like I'm a professional big sister mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> That's your other title. <laughs> That's my other title. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that and I, I think just too because I have such a heart for that generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm nine, almost 10 years older than my little sister. Mm. So I've always kind of been around that age group as well. So they're definitely attracted to it, but more so the the life group curriculum because mm-hmm. it's significantly less expensive. The savvy is a higher price point. It's a mm-hmm. little over $2,000 per person to go through that because it's a full coaching program. Um, but then the other people that are either divorced or they're kind of like going through something in their life are also attracted to it. But it's been so interesting because I do have a lot of women who like they're happily married, but they really never took that time to discover who they truly are Mm -hmm. or to grow and develop like emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Um, so I think some of the women that are a little bit more mature than me, that that generation is kind of stuck in the middle of, they're not our parents' generation that didn't look at emotional intelligence at all. Right. But they're also not our generation that's significantly more exposed to that. They're like mm-hmm. caught in the mm-hmm. middle. So that's kind of what I'm finding is a very wide range of mm. people. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, it really is. But yeah, so the Savvy started and then I started developing other programs. Then I started working with other people to develop curriculum. People were just seeing things on Instagram of, how do you do that? Like, how did you create a course and how did you film? And mm-hmm. um, so I've become involved in like a couple companies and helping them with the development of their their online experiences. Mm-hmm. All of your work is so creative too and it's so pretty and (laughs) it just looks so nice so um yeah I mean you do a great job so it would make sense why people would ask you how you did it too so I love Mm -hmm. design I'm not a graphic designer but I like even the graphic designer that I do have I draw everything out like I'm like this is exactly what I want this page to look like (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like okay so do it yourself (laughs) (laughs) literally she's so patient with me she's so lovely um and I because I probably drive her insane (laughs) but I have that mind of like, I do love design and mm-hmm. I love all things pretty. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. you're going to have a journal or a workbook, it's better if it's pretty because then you want to go to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least 
that's how it is in my head. But even mm. just your handwriting is beautiful. <laughs> like, when I see it on Instagram, I'm like, man, my handwriting looks so bad <laughs> compared to this. And there's just this beautiful cursive. And I'm like, is that real? Because I, I, I don't know. My mom is an artist. Oh, okay. So I grew up with a very artistic mom. Mm-hmm. I actually did not think I was creative at all. And even I also was terrified of public speaking. Mm-hmm. I almost failed my public speaking class. And I was a straight-A student mm-hmm. my entire life. But public speaking, mm-mm, scared the crap out of me. Which is interesting because the first time I ever saw you, you had a microphone in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's like what I do for mm-hmm. a living. I mean, mm-hmm. a large majority of my income is from my the speaking side of my business. Mm-hmm. But which is why I tell people all the time, like sometimes your greatest gift is wrapped in your biggest insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think so, like, look into the things that scare you the most, mm-hmm. because sometimes your gift is actually in there. all up in it's there. Just mm-hmm. Hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So take us through just briefly how you got to being where you are now. So you mm-hmm. said you were divorced, you're a single mom, mm-hmm. um, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, like, take us just through like, I don't know, a couple minutes of what brought you to that point from where you started when you were, let's say 20 mm. and then mm-hmm. like through that journey, I, I've talked to you before too. And yeah. I think we have a lot of similarities. Yes, do. Um, so just tell us kind of about that. So people know like how you got to where you are and, yeah. and that you are worth listening to. Mm. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, I graduated college and about a, a little over a week later I was married. So mm. I feel like I went like I took off my gown mm-hmm. or uh, what is it? Your, your graduation. Your graduation. Ro- ro- robe. Yeah. What's is is it called, called though? Cabin gown. It's a cabin gown. gown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From one gown to the next. There it is. <laughs> we got there together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got married very quickly. And like I mentioned earlier, I kind of, I saw all the red flags of a, abuse, but I didn't see them as abuse because I didn't, I only thought abuse was hitting somebody, mm-hmm. like physical abuse. I didn't know anything about verbal or emotional abuse at that time. Mm-hmm. But what I did know was like something felt off mm-hmm. about him. And even the way that he treated me or talked about women mm-hmm. was another really big thing I, I noticed. But anyways, I thought there was a timeline that you were supposed to follow mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's that I'm the oldest and like the oldest kind of like follows the rules. Um, but I, I'm like, you get married after college. And so mm-hmm. that's just kind of like, I was what following uh, same thing, what I thought I yep. was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a really strong Christian. I met him in church. He was one of the five people that like planted the church. So I mm-hmm. thought I was golden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. It, and for the type of abuse that I experienced, it was really more so just being put down all the time. And so I really became like my mom described me as a shell of Michaela, mm. Bef- mm. like as I was going through my divorce, because I was terrified to make any decisions. I was so insecure, you guys. Mm. Like I was so fragile. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fragile woman, <laughs> but I was fragile at that point in time. And there was one moment when I realized for the first time that it was abuse. And it was, I won't go through the whole story, but it was Saturday morning. I had just made him breakfast in bed. And he told me when he came into the kitchen, like when I was cleaning up, just don't spill the bacon grease. It's like so random. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And of course, I freaking 
tripped on the rug in the kitchen mm. and I spilled the bacon grease on the floor. And so I started cleaning it up. Like I was on my knees cleaning it up and I'm like, oh, I just pray that he did not hear that. And the next thing I know I see is like feet. So I'm on my, my knees and so he's standing over top of me and he's like, you're such a dumb broad. Mm. And it wasn't even like the meanest thing that he said to me, but it was the first time that I caught my own thinking mm. and I heard, it was as if it was like, loud my thoughts were loud Mm -hmm. and I said to myself he's right you're so stupid you can't even like clean up the way that you want him to and that was the first time that I experienced the presence of God Mm -hmm. because it felt like somebody walked into the room you know how when someone's behind you like Mm -hmm. you know it Mm -hmm. you don't have to see them but that was the first time that I met God Mm -hmm. because I felt like he came into the room it felt as though somebody lifted like physically lifted my chin and spoke to my soul like, no, you are smart and you are kind. And you're all the, like, it was just like somebody was speaking life into me mm-hmm. and told me to stand up and turn around. And that was, my daughter was like nine months old at that time. And when I stood up and I turned around, I met my eyes with hers. Mm-hmm. And that was when I knew I had to leave um, because I, I looked at her and I'm like, Confident women raise confident children. I can't give my daughter something that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And I will never have that here. And we had gone through, at that point in time, we had been in therapy for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like I hadn't tried mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. So that was like the moment where I knew. So we went through a divorce when she was one. Um, so I've been on my own with her since I was 27. And it was, it's just always been a really long process. I would love to say it was rainbows and butterflies after, but I got, I started dating right away. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized like you repeat what you don't repair. Mm -hmm. And so I was in that relationship for like three years and it broke me um, because it was the same abuse. It was just Mm -hmm. the same cycle Mm -hmm. over again. Um, So that was when I took a season to repair. Like I felt like I was called to a season of stillness Mm -hmm. and I did not know what that meant. I've never been still before mm-hmm. in that way. So in those two and a half years, I learned a lot of things. Like I went to therapy, I got a life coach, I started journaling, and I learned how to do meditation and breath work. Mm-hmm. Those are like my four puzzle pieces of healing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think like, oh, I'm just going to go to therapy and that's going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. I Therapy was crucial for me, but it was not everything for me. Mm-hmm. I needed the other components. So with all of that, those two and a half years is really when I I started developing emotional intelligence. I started learning about communication skills. I started learning about what boundaries were. Like, whoa. <laughs> what girl? Whoa. Still learning. Man. Yeah. Yes, I, yes. I learned about my mother wounds, like mm. things that I didn't, like who would have thought that your relationship with your mom had anything to do with how you were going to show up in relationships mm-hmm. romantically. Mm-hmm. So I was learning all these things. And I had a, a couch and wine moment like two and a half years after my healing journey. It was a Friday after I dropped Malin off to her dad's. And um, I sat on the couch. I had made myself dinner, sat on the couch. I had a glass of wine in my hand. And I was like, what is this feeling? Like what? Like I could sense like a new feeling in my body, like a new emotion. And mm-hmm. as you grow in your emotional intelligence, you start to notice feelings and like mm-hmm. how it responds how your body responds to it mm-hmm. so I was like what is this and I sat with it for a little bit I was like oh my gosh 
this is peace. Mm-hmm. This is like contentness. This is joy. I don't think I've ever experienced this feeling before because it felt so new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was when I thought to myself, how do I help women get here? Mm-hmm. My life wasn't perfect. I was not in like the best job in the world. I didn't live in the area that I wanted to live in. My mm-hmm. ex-husband was still, can you curse on this thing? You probably can't. Sure, you can jerk. Whatever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> still an asshole, like still the same person. Like nothing in my life necessarily changed, but mm. I did. Mm. My internal makeup changed. Mm. Therefore, my external world didn't need to. Mm. So that is how, that's why I started writing the book, which then became the savvy single. Mm -hmm. So essentially everything that I wish, like all the different ways I struggled to like figure out everything. Mm -hmm. I wanted to remove some of the struggle and the guesswork out of healing. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I ended up, that was sort of long. Sorry guys. No, it's it's perfect. It's great. Yeah. I think too, because you talk about emotional intelligence and you had brought this up earlier Mm -hmm. and it's a hard thing with our generation mm-hmm. because I, I think people think that teenage years, you're crazy and your emotions are crazy, mm-hmm. but I still think your twenties are too. Oh my gosh. Sure. So it's like you, because for me, like I think your teenage years, you're still at home. Like you're still protected by your parents, yeah. you know, more or less. And then like your twenties, you're finally out in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. your life has started. You are an adult and you have no idea who you are. Mm-hmm. And for me, I went to college and I was similar. I got married a year after I graduated, but mm-hmm. I was engaged when I graduated. Yep, yep. And then, you know, I'm, I went through college, which is still kind of like that in between stage. You're really not in real life yet, yes. but you're still kind of there. And but then there's you're also the expectation that you're in college, you're going to act like an adult. Right. And you're going to yeah. have these adult expectations of yourself and this mm-hmm. yeah. processing that, okay, we're thinking long-term. No, I'm thinking about how I'm going to get to midterms <laughs> right. and then how I'm going to yeah. get to break. Yeah. And then if I have to have a job over the summer, you're not thinking about your five-year plan, even right. if you're a, sophomore junior mm-hmm. maybe when you're a senior that starts yeah but, and people put expectations on you that you you are an adult and mm-hmm. you should have it figured out exactly so you should be 21 and know who you are you're Which an adult insane. now and <laughs> mm-hmm. my 20s was an emotional disaster yeah <laughs> like, i learned yeah. so much about myself in my mm-hmm. 20s way more than i learned about myself in my teens mm-hmm. you're still maturing and growing as a teenager you're still in school sure. full-time graduating high school you know, high school drama, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the 20s hit and people think you have to have it figured out. And mm-hmm. my gosh, not did I not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. And you're not, I think we have this idea like that we're behind in life. Like mm-hmm. everyone I feel like is hurrying mm-hmm. to not be so behind. And I think if we just relaxed for a little bit, mm-hmm. knowing that we're not behind in life and that my journey and like all three of us that are at this table we're different human beings. We have different gifts. We have different purposes. Therefore, our timeline and our journey is going to look so different. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And it should. And even something like when to have kids and when to mm-hmm. get married and all of that. And mm-hmm. I know that's how I was too. I was like you. I got, well, I'm graduated. I, got, I have to get married. So yep. I have a boyfriend. I'm going to marry him. <laughs> yep. yep. And so I did that. <laughs> and then like I had a baby at 25. And yeah. now I'm like, Same. people are, you know, I was talking to one of Reagan's friend's parents. And she's like, yeah, I had my kid when I was 33 and I'm like, wow, in my head, that was so old to have kids, yeah, you know, I know, but it's not, I know. 
So when you're in your 20s, I'm like, oh, I have to have all of my kids before I'm 30 in order to be a young parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep telling me it's not too old to have kids. I know. <laughs> well, this anxiety I have, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, it's not. I mean, I don't want to be 45 mm-hmm. and having a kid, but some people yeah. do. I mean, For it's sure. not completely unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just trying to figure out who you are first mm-hmm. is so important in the journey. It Makes really sense. is. And we're not given spaces. Like, there, there's no class in college, like, find yourself one-on-one <laughs> yeah but i think there should be i've I'll literally said it. i want to write the curriculum for <laughs> i'm find Come yourself on. 101 <laughs> and then be yourself 102 yeah <laughs> yes it's so true i mean even through I college it. i never wrote how to never learned how to write a check mm-hmm. but i had to, like i barely passed this mm-hmm. one it wasn't like an english class but it was some kind of writing literature class and i hated it mm. there's i learned absolutely nothing from that class like why yeah. did i spend the money in college to go through this class where something like that we're learning how to be yourself emotional mm-hmm. intelligence yes how to be okay with being yourself mm-hmm. and i had to learn that too in a season of singleness for myself like now i have i had to learn how to be okay being single and that it's not the end of the world and it's not a waiting correct it's like you can Mm -hmm. be there and be Mm -hmm. present Mm -hmm. and you're not in this season waiting for your next husband it's like no that was a great noise Uh, i really appreciated that passion there let's dive into that noise (laughs) well even thinking so i I, when i came back up here i was convinced Mm -hmm. i was like I'm gonna be single for like a year and a half. Like I had a plan. I was yeah. like, ward off all men. Yeah. I hate them. They're all. Like, I hate them. Men aren't. I'm not gonna demonize men. Yeah. But I just was very much in a spot where I was like, I'm gonna focus on me. So I got myself a nice little apartment. I mm-hmm. got myself a new job. I did all this. I was really excited. And then wham, a month into my new job, my fiance walks in the door, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, you're cute, but I'm focusing on me. Yeah. And. It was an interesting. I felt like I wasn't being true to myself mm. when I was attracted to him and I wanted to talk, talk to him. I was like, no, this yeah. is about you. You stop. And I quite literally told him to go away for a while. Yeah. And he <laughs> was a good friend and he working together every single day obviously mm-hmm. builds that relationship for sure so much quicker than a normal mm-hmm. relationship where we see each other once a week. Yes. I saw him for multiple hours every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally said yes to like, he's like, he was trying so hard. I, Aww, I bless so his cute. heart. Love him so much. Um, when I finally said yes to him to go like to a winery somewhere um, and just let myself settle and say, just see what, see what he wants, see what he has to offer. And he was so sweet. And he came mm. to me in moments that I really needed a friend and he was yeah. a friend. Yeah. I kind of, I finally said, okay, you wanted to wait, but you don't have to. Yes. And it was four months after I moved here that mm. I was in a committed relationship with him. Yeah. And that blows my mind because mm-hmm. I didn't want it. And it's so that funny. whole, when you least expect it, Yep. kind of, Yep. I, I don't like stereotypical yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that, but it quite literally was, I didn't even want it and yeah. I didn't expect it. And so mm-hmm. can you speak kind of to timelines in that sense of mm-hmm. when are you being too stubborn to follow mm. your own heart versus committing to space for yourself that's a really good question i think it comes back to what you like listening and learning how to trust that internal voice 
Because you were interested, like, mm-hmm. and you, but you were pushing that voice away. So we can push the voice away in multiple different ways. And it can be when you're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even when you know you're not or you're seeing signs in other people. So I think as far as like timelines, it's it's trusting yourself and really getting to know that internal voice. And also looking at the person's character. If we're specifically talking about dating, one mm-hmm. of the things I talk about all the time just to single women in general, is to know your values so that you can date from a value perspective. Mm-hmm. Values and morals are two different things. Mm-hmm. You can have the same moral compass but not have the same values. And I see that I see a lot of Christians do this where they think, oh, morally they're the same. Oh, he goes to church. And my thing is always like, and? <laughs> like, <laughs> tell me about his yeah. values and like, what does he like to do? What about his friend group? Like, mm-hmm. so... How does he treat his mom? How does he treat, yeah, how does he treat anybody? Yeah. Literally, like, how does he treat the waitress or Mm -hmm. the person that, quote unquote, like, doesn't necessarily matter to him? Like, someone who's, quote unquote, below him. Mm -hmm. Right. Notice how they treat everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's that learning how to trust yourself and getting to know your own voice is, like, the biggest thing Um, because everyone's timeline is going to be different. Mm. I sat in my singleness, like really committed to stillness for two and a half years. And I didn't want to be there for two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, I was like, Lord, actually the dog, my dog that I got, who's mm. about to be a year old, I got him. I told my dad, I was like, dad, I'm just going to be alone. My rest of my life I'm getting a damn dog <laughs> and I got the dog and two weeks later I started dating a guy that I'm for sure marrying <laughs> so we'd like to thank Bert yeah, yeah. Bert you could have years ago I know right she should have got a dog a long time <laughs> no but the crazy thing is too when I think about my current relationship um, and I look at his life, the timeline of his life, I could not have met him any earlier. Mm-hmm. He also wasn't ready mm-hmm. for me. So like learning how to trust the entire process and like mm-hmm. just the, the journey of it all. And not um, rushing it. And not rushing it. Yeah. And just staying, like learning how to be content. Cause I think we live in a world where we're taught that being content is bad. It means that you are like, not moving or that you're what's the word I'm looking for stagnant stagnant or yeah Mm. but like true contentness is just a full like embrace of where you are Mm -hmm. which is why I have one of my programs is called own your now Mm -hmm. I just I just don't think that we're ever in the now and I don't think that you can be invited to your next until you embrace your right now Mm -hmm. and like enjoy it Mm -hmm. so and I know I think um you have, you've said this too with, you said this earlier a little while ago where your circumstances don't need to be perfect for you to be yes. content. 100%. And I, I've run into that a lot more recently that people are really confused mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. when you're okay, you're peaceful. Yeah. You're, it's okay. Like I, you know, yeah. but your circumstances around you are crazy yes. or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a single mom too. So it's like, my life is crazy, but, and people look at me like, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. I know. And they're shocked by that. They're yes. like, you mm-hmm. shouldn't be, you know, it's like, <laughs> it shouldn't be okay for you yeah, <laughs> I know. to go through what you're going through or to have to do what you're doing or live this life. And, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, even for me, like 
I was talking to Kristen earlier today about co-parenting and how far we've come in our journey of co-parenting and almost Mm -hmm. it's like three and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And in that, and people are shocked when they find Mm -hmm. out that we get along and we're friends and it's like, don't be so surprised by it. It's okay. I'm okay. I can have a crazy life around me and live this life and still be okay. But if you also took a tiny little glimpse of how you were a couple years ago and a tiny little glimpse of how you are now, people don't see the immense Mm -hmm. amount of work that went into it. Correct. That part. Yeah. Because most people don't do the work. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's expect that. Yeah. And you have to do that internal work. Mm -hmm. I always say, so I started this probably two or three years ago, three years ago now, where at the beginning of fall, I just like take a look at myself in the mirror and I say, okay, what is one area like internally that sister's got to work on a little mm-hmm. bit <laughs> and I invest total, I invest money and time into that one specific mm. internal skill. Mm-hmm. So that way, when you start the new year and you like set goals, and you're like new year, new you. It's like, well, it's not really new you because you're still exactly the stupidest same. time for goals too. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. I actually do all my goal setting, quote unquote, for the year, my birth my birthday. Mm. So every October That's 27th, great. I just like set my new year mm. goals because it's my birth year. Yeah. Our birthdays are a day apart. <clears throat> so should we mm-hmm. release this on your birthday? Oh my gosh, that'd be so <laughs> great. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> are you the 26th or the 28th? I'm the 28th. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's when I do my new year goals. But I always like work on the last couple months of the year working internally on myself and it has changed my world mm-hmm. to, to one, one, we don't grow internally, but then we also don't focus on one thing very mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. So my one thing right now is presence mm. because I, a couple of years ago, if you would have met me, you'd be like, you are a squirrel in human form. Like anything um. shiny. I'm like, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh. Like I was all over <laughs> right. the place. So and I've you grown a lot. definitely but. tell when you're talking to somebody and they're not there. Yes. And you, they're like looking right through you. I, sp- I specifically can think of one person that I remember talking to and he was never there. Like yeah. he was always mm. thinking of something else. And I was like, are you listening to me? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you paying attention to me? Most people aren't. Like even... When people are starting to date, like they're thinking of how they're going to be witty in their response. Mm, mm. So they're not even listening mm-hmm. to the other person. But my, yeah, so one of my things is I'm, because my daughter called me out on it a couple months ago. Mm. She's like, Mom, I feel like you're not here. Mm. I'm like, you're right, because I'm thinking about 7 million things right mm, now. Right. Um, so that's like the skill that I'm working on mm-hmm. <laughs> right now mm. is learning how to be more present and it is a skill actually i'm doing an online conference right now it's called the pieces of peace and mm-hmm. today is day one and i called it jordan presence have you guys seen that docuseries on um netflix the last dance Mm-mm. it follows michael jordan's career and like the chicago bulls oh. it is so good but there's this one line in it where the guy the commentator said michael's gift is not that he can run fast jump high or shoot a basketball it's that he is completely present mm. and that was his separator. Mm. Mm. And I literally, when I was listening to that, I made Ryan, I'm like, rewind that. Mm. And I had him, I listened to it a couple times and I thought that is fascinating to me. Mm. Um, and then I rewatched the series to figure out what did he do that like helps him be that present. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in today today's culture like we're literally wired for distraction Mm -hmm. 
like our phones Mm -hmm. know exactly how to distract us and how to make us addicted to it. And we are Mm -hmm. like when you look at how the number of hours that people spend on social media or like bouncing between activities, we're very Mm -hmm. rarely where we are. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why we have such short attention spans. Oh my gosh. I think it's the bouncing. That's the most dangerous Mm -hmm. because there are like, I will batch my emails. Mm -hmm. I will be on email for three hours straight Mm -hmm. and then I will close it. And I won't get notifications on my phone mm. for emails because if it's, <clears> I've been <throat> at jobs where I could sit there all day yes. long yeah. mm-hmm. and just be answering emails yes. all day long because one person might be at their desk mm-hmm. and we'll bounce back and forth, but no, yep. it gets turned off at this time yep. and I'm going to go do something else mm-hmm. because I'll go, I'll be batty if I'm on a computer all day. Yep. But even like, for example, like social media marketing, mm-hmm. you can't be bouncing back and forth between all these things. You can get some really focused work done mm-hmm. in an hour. Mm-hmm. If you stay there for an hour mm-hmm. and that's your one hour on yes. that platform per that day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's even in kids, like I have a couple of friends who have very young children looking at certain shows that they're really gravitated to. It's all so fast. So mm-hmm. fast. So colorful. Yes. And so loud. And yes. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do, I'm not going to talk about the specific one that uses the same three songs with different <laughs> words on every single episode. <laughs> but y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's just, I look at it and I go, I am even entranced. And this tiny yes. little brain is yep. being wired yep. to focus on 27 things at once. Yep. Even I look at Malin sometimes, mm. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's all over the place. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not really going to improve if I don't. Mm. That's the craziest thing about being a parent. Like even I have friends of mine who are very emotionally intelligent and they're honestly, it comes easy for them because their parents are very emotionally intelligent. Mm. And emotion, emotional intelligence and emotional regulation, I think we often have the wrong definition of that. It pretty much just means that you are able to manage your emotions and your feelings. Well, your Mm -hmm. emotions are the chemical releases in your body Mm -hmm. that cause a state. It's like sadness. Mm -hmm. Your feelings are your reactions to your emotional state. Mm -hmm. So most people's reactions are all crazy and all over the place and we have no control over them. So emotional intelligence is where you have that. Mm -hmm. But so people that have it a little bit more naturally have it because their parents have it because it was modeled for them. Mm -hmm. So I think, too, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about teaching single women some of these things before. So they develop skills before they ever have children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just a part of their being. Right. And then their kids will be able to have it a lot easier. Because mm-hmm. um, I grew up with a, you know, I just some things. My, my childhood was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, my primary caregiver, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Her emotions still are all over the place. Really, mm-hmm. really poor relational or reactional, reactionary skills. Which is, mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you said that because I was just talking about this the other day to just back up a little bit. I had a great childhood. Yeah. And you don't, re- you don't realize what you need to work through because you yes. have a good childhood. Yeah. <laughs> like it still brings things you need to work on, you oh know, goodness, expectations yes. and approval and like things that I'm learning now at 30. And I'm like, how could I have had these issues? I had a great child. I know. And then now I'm unpacking all of it and relearning and working mm-hmm. through a good childhood, let alone people that have traumatic mm, childhoods. I know. So it's like, you know, I'm glad you said that because I don't feel so alone. <laughs> Sometimes it's yeah. like, I feel like I'm bragging when I say I had mm-hmm. a great childhood, I have great yeah. parents, which I did. But now I have to unlearn so many yes. things that were quote, well taught to me Yes, because there's 
emotional intelligence involved or I am a different person. You know, Mm -hmm. I think for me, like looking at my parents, they were great people. I wanted to be exactly like them. Yeah. But generationally it's so different Mm -hmm. now. So you have to like undo what you learned and redo it to work for who you are. Mm -hmm. So that's, my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so validating. We we speak about that. I think we said that a couple times where even in both of our episodes, we're like, there's nothing wrong with my childhood. Like nothing happened. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very relatable thing to say. Well, I had a good childhood. Okay, great. So let's still talk about it. Yeah, let's right. So go into that. And you think a good For childhood sure. leads to a good adulthood? Mm, yeah. And it's like I had a great childhood, and I was divorced and a single mom by twenty eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For like, sure. So it's it's very different. But you yeah. said your mom was kind of, or what I'm guessing, like your mom was kind of all over. Yeah. Just, yeah. And like in in not in ways like if you would meet her, like you would not think that way. But even certain things like. Um, anytime I would come to her with any quote unquote negative emotion, I was always told you can't think that way. You have to be positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just need to be positive, Michaela. Um, or you, you have to be, you're, are you not grateful? You have to be grateful. You have to think about all the things that you do have. And so what Mm -hmm. I learned as a really young Mm -hmm. kid was to suppress a lot of my emotions Mm -hmm. and feel shame and guilt around them. Mm And what does that lead to as an adult is it leads to somebody who doesn't trust their own emotions. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I had to really work through this in therapy because there was a little bit of time where I was angry with my mom. And I think one of the things that I've had to learn how to do pretty recently was to understand and to heal from this picture this idea that I had of my mom and I's relationship like who Mm. I want her to be I had to mourn that I don't have that and that it's okay like Mm. my mom is a beautiful person and there are so many incredible things about her but I did have to heal Mm -hmm. from the wounds that I had and not that she was like doing things wrong at all and I and I think too like as parents we can feel so guilty Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was talking to a few of my friends the other day I'm like we should have journals Mm. um because the other day I blew up at Malin for something and I had to apologize to her for it but I'm like I'm gonna write this one down like okay this day I did this to her I said this I'm gonna give it to her therapist one day Mm -hmm. (laughs) these are all (laughs) here's all the stuff you're gonna need to work actually an amazing (laughs) isn't it kind of a brilliant idea um but yeah I mean you're gonna mess up your kids no matter what yeah but the fact Mm -hmm. that you're aware of that makes you so much more equipped to be aware of like these little tiny things whereas Mm -hmm. there are some parents who have no idea that what they just did was inappropriate and they refuse to apologize Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and it's like that one statement or that one episode Mm -hmm. can impact them forever oh my gosh so for me i'm like all right i'm gonna do the best i can i know i'm not gonna be perfect i'm gonna mess it up and then when she's 20 i'm gonna be like let me pay for five years of therapy (laughs) for you to undo (laughs) everything that i've put in you that is not right i would start it earlier i had an episode when i was a teenager Mm -hmm. and the, the doctor in the hospital was the talk about one sentence that'll change your life is he looked at my mom and he goes because she was just very upset with what happened and like what 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 happened how did she i it was a very mild suicide attempt um just not to drop that in here but yeah. i was like i'm being vague but um it would not have killed me but i didn't know that because i was 13 so um she was just sitting there so 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 upset and the doctor looked at her and goes every 13 year old girl needs therapy hmm. and it's true. Every mm-hmm. single pre-ad and adolescent person yeah. 
need that support for they just sure. don't know it for yeah. sure so let's yeah. just include that in high school curriculum please oh my gosh that <laughs> so, so oh my great Malin, we're actually working on Malin's first course Malin, mm. my daughter is 11 right now it's called divorce kids talk mm. and it's essentially her version of therapy for kids from a kid mm. and specifically for kids whose parents are either going through a divorce or new to divorce or like never really went to therapy Mm. and it's again it's her version but we are having it gone through like all my therapist friends are looking Mm. at the curriculum before it ever goes anywhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. but when she was I think seven um because her and I have a very open we talk a lot and we talk a lot about feelings and emotions and she always has a safe place Mm -hmm. to talk to me about those things Mm -hmm. but there was one day she was seven she came home from her dad she's like so uh I think it's about time for that therapy (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Can we have her on, please? <laughs> you should. You really I, should. She's had two I episodes see, on my podcast, oh my and they are by far the most downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I see like little glimpses of her. Yeah, but it's so cool to see a kid who is just that convicted and like, yeah. she's like this is. Can we just talk about that therapy? <laughs> yeah, okay. can you just like put me in it? Yeah, and so we did. Like, we started her in yeah. therapy when she was seven. But even mm. okay, my, the example of, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I did not emotionally regulate very well and I blew up at her and I said something um, I said something to her that I knew was like a little seed and if I let Mm. it sit in there for too long it would water and so I I went to her and I said I just want to apologize this is what mommy said Um, you are not responsible for my reaction to Mm. something Mm. Um, let's talk about how it made you feel Mm -hmm. when I said this Mm -hmm. and so she was able to like in that moment and my prayer is that it it w- didn't seep mm-hmm. into it. Um, so yeah, and again, like I'm not the perfect parent, but I will always apologize mm-hmm. and tell Malin when I've done something wrong because I kind of wish that would have been done mm-hmm. for me. And I think too, even you saying that it's okay like you expecting her to go to therapy to undo the Mm. mess ups you put in her (laughs) is like by far a huge step because Mm. I think we can and as me I have a five-year-old so she's not like really I mean she could do therapy or whatever but Mm. I don't really she doesn't really need to right now but it's like when she's older to have that emotional intelligence to Mm say hey I it's okay to go to therapy like I it's okay I didn't destroy you as a person I think we can so quickly feel like failures as parents when our kids are hurting or broken or Mm. something is bothering them and for you getting divorced when she was little for me I got divorced she was two so she Mm. has no memories of us together but she sees pictures of us together and yeah and whatever and so it's you know we have that and then but for her it's like she has to kind of deal with the repercussions of what happened between her dad and I and Mm -hmm. I have to just allow that to happen so if she grows Mm -hmm. up and she's like struggling with abandonment or yeah. with like a, an emotional mm. issue that's like an attachment to what happened I have to be okay and know that it's not I didn't fail her correct by letting her go to therapy and talking yeah. it out and learning to heal herself mm-hmm. from you know we're not perfect people mm-hmm. correct and our spouses are the same way like mm-hmm. dating not engaged not single whatever it is it's like every person in your sphere can be impacted by what you say and it's okay if your spouse needs to go to therapy or if you need to go to therapy it's okay to do that and take care of yourself 
I think everyone should be in therapy. I'm not going to lie. I agree. It's amazing. <laughs> Every, I mean, Kristen's like partially my second therapist, but like I go to it too. And it's like, it's amazing having mm-hmm. the same person there in your yep. corner weekly. You can depend on it. You mm-hmm. know, they're there. They're there to help you. Mm-hmm. That is their job. Mm-hmm. They are not there to condemn you or to make you feel stupid or to make you feel less worthy. Like they right. are in your corner. Yeah. So it's amazing. I yeah. highly recommend it. Little plug that you don't have to like the first therapist you see. And if oh, it's not yeah. a great relationship, go find yourself a new one. Mm-hmm. It's like dating. Like you don't have I to say marry that all the, time. the first yes. guy that you go on a date with. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like figure it out. Gosh, could you imagine the if world it's not if a good connection? That? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Oh my yeah. God. No, thank you. <laughs> and we, we often think of therapy as like the last resort. But if you mm-hmm. make it one of the closer couple steps, mm-hmm. it, it will help everything like therapy still has a negative connotation i think but it is so good for you and i when i added like therapy and then i added a life coach i didn't know what a life coach was Mm -hmm. and this was a long time ago this was now i feel like it's more people talk about life coaches a little bit more but i didn't really know what it was and it was four thousand dollars for like i think it was 12 weeks and i had never i was a single mom i mean i was selling stuff just to mm-hmm. <laughs> to hire this guy. <laughs> but he literally changed my entire life mm. because my therapy was helping me figure out some stuff in my past. Right. And then my coach was helping me in the now and in the future, mm. like really coaching me through some, okay, as you're healing, we still got to keep moving forward mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So I think it, everyone's puzzle pieces are a little bit different. It might not be a coach for you, but it could be, a course on something or mm-hmm. like learning how to journal or learning how to meditate. Like there are so many different components to growing and healing mm-hmm. and things like not to interrupt you, but Go like it. journaling, meditating, breathing don't cost money, Correct, but mm-hmm. they can be so helpful. So even mm-hmm. if you are a single parent or you are living very closely or paycheck to paycheck, there's mm-hmm. other ways of healing and working 100%. towards healing that don't cost money. Yes. Mm-hmm. And nowadays there's a lot of, there's a lot more options when it comes mm-hmm. to therapy that are more and more affordable. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. One of the things I think you've said this, and I've I've always remembered it from the time I heard you say it was that um, the people that people say time heals all wounds, and you mm-hmm. always say time well spent. Yeah, mm-hmm. heals all wounds. How did you come up with that? Because I remember you saying that years ago. I think, mm-hmm. and that has always stuck with me. Because again, like you said, Kristen, from where I was a few years ago to where I am now so different mm-hmm. and people don't that don't know me don't know that journey yeah um but it is vastly different mm-hmm. and you know i was talking about this a little bit ago like it is really frustrating to run into people that expect you to still be broken years later mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what do you what do you th- what are your thoughts on that yeah so i mean i kind of was thinking through that process uh, as far as like that specific quote came from a a lot of coaching women um, of saying like, well, I mean, I've been single for a year. Well, yeah, but what did you do in that year? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because if you didn't do anything to heal, you're you're still in the same position Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, relationally. You're you're still in the same mindset. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more so like somebody could not do anything for a year and another person could do a lot with their year same time but they're ready for Mm. the next thing whereas the other person isn't even though they both 
took a year off of dating, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So that like, that's go, kind of... Go back to your four months too. Like if mm-hmm. you spent four yeah. months of really getting yourself together, four months can seem so short, mm-hmm. but it can also, but if you were really intentional about it mm-hmm. and it's not like for you, Kristen, it's not like you met Cody and you stopped healing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, right. I met somebody, chapters closed, I'm never going to mm-hmm. go back to it. Right, right, right. In fact, we healed together about yeah. a lot of things too. For we sure. talked about that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. personally, just... I'm thinking about the time that I was emotionally void from my previous relationship mm-hmm. and then having one of those light bulb moments and saying, oh yeah, it's time. Yeah. And I had known it for probably, how long are we together? Four years? Yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't yeah. let myself know it. Yes. And so thinking about the time, I just was able to expedite myself yep. out of that scenario. Mm-hmm. And that even just being able to, I swear, more healing happened in my drive from North Carolina to PA mm-hmm. than in the years prior ever. Mm-hmm. And that was a 10 hour drive. And just like, yeah, mm-hmm. because you probably had the space mm-hmm. to be present with yourself mm-hmm. because it's really easy when life just goes on and, you know, days like <laughs> flow into one another where we don't really have that time to just like tune the world out mm-hmm. and take 10 hours mm-hmm. to be with yourself and process through things like that's So, so so healthy Mm -hmm. and if you can do that daily like i do it i try to do it daily of just having that present time with myself with malin with ryan with the lord like all of those things Mm -hmm. um because even like right now i have had the craziest last couple of months like most people have no idea there's been health issues that i've been dealing with surgeries, like things that people have no idea Mm -hmm. going through, like a lot of chaos externally. But I, I texted Ryan last night, like I've also never had so much peace Mm. as I do right now. It's like still, still doesn't make sense, but I still have it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I keep thinking of that lyric from Firm Foundation where I've still got joy and chaos. Mm -hmm. I've got peace that makes no sense. And that just, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. But if it makes sense to you, you are thriving in that moment and saying, Mm -hmm. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't look like Mm -hmm. it. You can just rest in that. Yeah. Even like my tattoo, it says, it is well with my soul. My Mm -hmm. favorite hymn. Mm -hmm. Even the, the, the author of that, the writer of that song, like what he was going through. If you read about it, it is insane. He lost like everything. Four daughters Mm. and his wife. Four daughters and his wife. And like he wrote, it is well with my soul. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. during. They died like on a ship, right? I think, I think that's what it does. Wasn't he on the ship when he wrote it or something? No. Yeah. Maybe he, they did die on the ship. Yeah. The ship sank. Yes. Yeah. 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 Something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There was just a lot, like a lot of loss in his life, Mm -hmm. but he wrote that hymn Mm -hmm. in that time of his. It's interesting that you brought up Michael Jordan too, because his story is wild. Mm -hmm. Like with what happened to his dad and like, I think the, his last game was on father's day right after his dad was. Yes. Oh, it's just, and they showed in mm. the, the docuseries is so good. I'm mm. obsessed with it. I think everyone should watch it. I wrote it, it down. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. It's <laughs> so good. But there, they showed footage of him after that game and he was curled up like on the floor in the locker room, mm. sobbing, mm-hmm. like uncontrollably sobbing. And one thing I think too is really beautiful about that. I think it's helpful for men to see that. Like someone mm-hmm. like Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. On the floor, bawling his eyes out. Emotions are human nature, mm-hmm. not just women. <laughs> and every, every single person has them. 
Every mm-hmm. single person has them. We all react to them differently. And we also have a lot of like cultural mm-hmm. and like societal things around emotions. And also emotions start the moment you're born. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't develop them. You have you, them. Yes. Yeah. It's a natural And you part. have them until you die. Mm-hmm. Yes. Forever. For sure. Mm-hmm. But men need to be able to have like that understanding of like, I can cry. Like it's mm-hmm. healthy. It's mm-hmm. a healthy release to cry they actually say that when you cry like you release stress hormones um or something like that like where mm-hmm. it, ha- it really is like something helpful but yeah that was like a beautiful i mean i was a mess watching that mm. but um yeah such a beautiful example of pure emotion mm-hmm. so when people say that when my I'm, I'm thinking when people are like oh that's an overly emotional person mm-hmm. like how do you handle that somebody that just cries all the time or mm-hmm. is I guess it would be would it be like emotionally unintelligent when they can't regulate it and it's just like somebody says something to you and you start sobbing or yeah you know, you're something said and you spark in anger and mm-hmm. yeah they, they would be probably dysregulated often and not know how to regulate themselves mm-hmm. um which I would say you need day two of the pieces of peace for sure but um <laughs> Lincoln by Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think one of the, it's okay to be sensitive. And I think that's the difference is Mm -hmm. like some people are more sensitive to their emotions and Mm -hmm. also women, there's one lesson in the savvy where I talk about as women, the, all the four phases of our cycle Mm -hmm. and your hormones. Do you guys know about your, your phases? Mm -hmm. Okay. So like in every phase of your cycle, your hormones are at different levels. Mm -hmm. So there are, there's a week where you are significant like your brain is wired for detailed work mm-hmm. in the, those specific days and then other like the following week is when you're you're not like you like so that's why as women sometimes it's like <laughs> why did i want to organize everything the last mm-hmm. couple of days and now i can't even concentrate for mm-hmm. a hot second mm-hmm. wow. a lot of it has to do with your hormone levels and all that kind of stuff so it's knowledge first mm-hmm. and that will help you to have grace with yourself mm-hmm. too. I know some people that plan their month calendar based on their cycle. I literally do. Like I think I need to do that now when you're that the I most, know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, it helps mm-hmm. them because they're like, oh, these days I'm going to be more tired. So I'm going to mm-hmm. yes. purposefully not schedule crazy things on these days because yep. I'm going to be a little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know people that do that. In your ovulation. I know. In your <laughs> ovulation phase, like you literally, like you are a better speaker because that's the time when you're your brain is most both sides of your brain are the most connected Mm. um you also are like people are more attracted to you even just energy wise Mm -hmm. so there's all these crazy things when Mm -hmm. it comes to it so first like having knowledge especially if you're a woman Mm -hmm. of all of your cycles is just important but some people are naturally more sensitive Mm mm-hmm I don't know if you guys know much about Enneagram stuff, but like Enneagram fours, Love like them. they're very, mm-hmm. very in touch with their emotions. And they do tend to be people who are emotionally dysregulated mm. more often than not mm-hmm. if they haven't developed that skill. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to be sensitive, but if your emotions are ever flooding you um, or the opposite, mm. they're super suppressed, mm-hmm. definitely look into emotional intelligence, emotional regulation mm-hmm. skills for sure. Mm-hmm. And I guess one other side part too that you've been through too is can you speak on emotional abuse mm-hmm. and just what that is and what that looks like? Most people don't know. I would say most, like you, most people think abuse is hitting, mm-hmm. touching, 
Um, and I would say even verbal abuse is easily identified in most cases, yeah. you know, language, volume, the way that somebody's spoken to, you can mm-hmm. identify that, but emotional abuse, like what would you speak on to that? Yeah. It's essentially how somebody makes you feel, mm-hmm. um, and how, not just how they make you feel, but how they make you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a lot of like just putting me down, putting down my abilities, even though I was like a very capable woman, I walked around every day feeling like I was so insignificant Mm -hmm. and that I wasn't able to do anything. And so when you start to feel certain ways about yourself or your self-esteem is always like attacked, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much a sign that you're in some type of emotional abuse. And, and that can be too like parental. I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty common is you know, when your parents put you down a lot Mm. and that can come from verbal Mm -hmm. that becomes emotional abuse, depending on the words that are, that are said. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that when it comes to emotional abuse, there's different forms of it Mm -hmm. for sure. But I think the easiest way to recognize it is when it's an attack on your own Mm self-esteem And your own self-worth. Mm-hmm. And it can be so hard because, <clears throat> excuse me, you start to believe that and then uh-huh. you start to think that you deserve that. Correct. And that this is truth. So of course this person is saying this to me and then it's so much harder to identify in that moment mm-hmm. because you're already mm-hmm. yeah. in that emotional pit. Yeah, and because it becomes your own belief. Mm-hmm. So when it seeps into your own belief system, then you're also like abusing yourself mm-hmm. with your own Self like abuse. thoughts and um yeah so it's really important to but it, it's hard to catch that mm-hmm. um but so the one thing i tell people all the time is just start catching your own thoughts like observing what you're saying to yourself mm-hmm. and put a make a note in your phone and start to just write things down because mm. years later I was writing down things like even I would send an email and be like, oh, I forgot to attach the thing I said I was going to attach. Like, I'm oh, kill. You're such an idiot. Mm-hmm. There was one day when I started catching my thoughts. I wrote I more times than I can count on my fingers and toes. I wrote down that I was dumb or stupid, mm-hmm. which all stems back to mm-hmm. <laughs> from everything I was told in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn how to catch my thought. And then I go through a process. It's called cognitive restructuring, mm-hmm. but I, I call it savvy thinking and <laughs> the savvy, you catch your thought, you, you write down the situation, like who, what, when, where mm-hmm. this cognitive, you can Google it. There's a thought loop log in there, mm-hmm. but like you write down the situation that occurred. Um, then you write down how you feel. Mm-hmm. You feel less than, do you feel like whatever it is that you feel sadness, anxious. Um, and then you write the evidence to support that thought, the evidence that does not support that thought. And then you write a new thought mm-hmm. and then write it like, what mood would you have if you started thinking this new thought? How would that make you feel? Mm-hmm. So I was always having to catch my thought and be like, no, you're a smart, capable, intelligent woman. And mm-hmm. so I would, I literally would have to say that to myself mm-hmm. all the time until that new thought became a part of my mm-hmm. belief system. It takes a little bit of time though. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. And knowledge. Just mm-hmm. that process of learning and then you're not going to get it right the first time when Correct. you write down a thought. So it's, mm-hmm. it's learning and redoing and restructuring. And, yep. and I think that is different than even what you grew up like, Oh, just think positive because yes. you can think, Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. But it's actually retraining your brain Correct. on a thought versus 
suppressing the thought mm-hmm. and just trying to replace it, put a bandaid on it with something yeah. positive. It's mm-hmm. like, no, this is actually what I'm taking that thought and changing it Yes, and rewiring your brain. Cause it needs evidence. Your brain is always looking for evidence of things. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying like, I'm so stupid, it's going to search for evidence of that. And so that's the important part of like writing down the evidence that does not support that thought mm-hmm. that you're thinking so that it's training your brain to adopt that new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there's like a whole, I find all of that stuff to be so, Mm, it's very interesting. So interesting. I would love to get my degree in it and maybe develop a college. (laughs) It's, and it's true. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't want to go into because Mm -hmm. emotions are scary. Mm -hmm. They hurt and they, you can hit so many peaks and pits that we talk about, like hitting those highs are so great. And then those lows are so low and knowing how to regulate them, why they're there, Mm -hmm. all of that. And that's really, really hard work. It's harder than going to the gym and being physically fit. 1000 percent. it takes so much more brain power and Mm -hmm. i remember my therapist telling me the one day she's like mandy you're going through so much emotional you're working through so many things emotionally Mm -hmm. that it's okay if you're exhausted yes Mm -hmm. and she was like you can be tired and take a nap Mm -hmm. you might not be physically tired but Mm -hmm. your brain is working through this process yes and emotionally you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And knowing even when you hit that wall of I'm done, I cannot take another person. Yep. I cannot take another incident. I'm going to turn mm-hmm. my phone on. Do not disturb. And I'm going to be still and quiet. I mm-hmm. need that time to mm-hmm. refresh yes. and reset. Yep. You yeah. absolutely do. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron takes like three hour naps every day. <laughs> Most people don't know that. Yeah. He can That's afford like it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I do. I really enjoy studying people like athletes mm-hmm. and people who are super successful. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, what do they all have? Yeah. How, how yeah. can I take even just a little piece of something that you do Yeah, and make it work for myself and for other people? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them have coaches in lots of different areas. Mm-hmm. I know we're, I'm sure we're going to hear something. What is that? It sounds like road work. It's a car. Oh. oh, oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> needs a little. I think it needs to go to the uh, old car. Or something. The doctor, to go to the mechanic. <laughs> Sorry, to go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. There's a therapy joke so, in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> preventative maintenance for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> oh so, my gosh. As we as we wrap up, which there's so much good stuff. If you could, this might be a hard question. If you could give one a one liner or like one statement Ooh. to somebody in their twenties or early twenties kind of as your focus of, and obviously this applies to everybody, mm-hmm. but just with that thought in mind, like what would you tell that person? Like what would you tell Michaela at 21? Mm. So, so many <laughs> things, <laughs> which is why I'm writing a book about it all. <laughs> um, I would, I would tell her, that she's okay and that there's no rush. Mm. Um, I would tell her that her instincts are really good and to like learn how to Mm. trust herself Mm. and for the love of God, read a finance book. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would tell. Go back to school, finance 101. (laughs) Yeah. Like learn it, learn about investments and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that she's okay. Mm-hmm. And 
that there is no rush. That's probably the biggest mm. thing. I feel like we rush through mm. so many things. Mm. The season of life that you're in is the one that you're supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. And until you learn the lessons that you're supposed to learn, <laughs> it's not even good for you to move on. Mm-hmm. So embrace it. And like, if I could say one sentence, it would be own your now. Mm-hmm. Just like own and embrace exactly where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Cause you can learn everything that you need to learn for whatever is next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take that pause, it's impossible to hear your gut, let alone listen to hundred percent. Yeah. It's like your 10 hour car ride. Some mm-hmm. people just need 10 hours with themselves to listen. Like, but don't be so scared. Cause I used to think to myself, I'm scared to go up there. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. like, who knows mm-hmm. what's going on in the, the space in between your ears. But like maybe don't go there just by yourself. You can also go there with somebody if it scares you that much, mm-hmm. whether it's a therapist or a coach and, mm-hmm. or take a workshop. Like there are so many courses out there right now mm-hmm. that you could take that aren't that expensive mm-hmm. on so. basic things. Finance. Basic. <laughs> yes. How to heal, mm-hmm. how to trust yourself, mm-hmm. how to meditate, mm-hmm. how to do all, how to journal. I'm sure there's courses on journaling. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. You do so, it. Yeah, for sure. You could, totally YouTube it. I or have a plan journals that have yes. in them too. So. Mm-hmm. I have an entire module in the savvy single about finances. Mm. So important. So mm. important. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned today's day one of pieces of peace. Mm-hmm. What is the next big project you talked about liking to compartmentalize projects and <laughs> yeah. be done with them. So once pieces of pieces done, mm-hmm. at least this cycle, mm-hmm. what's the next thing down the pipeline that we can look for? Yeah, so I do small rounds of the savvy, which will become the savvy journey. So I only take like I open enrollment for a short amount of time, like a week, and then we close it. We keep it really small and intimate because mm-hmm. I I coach the women like through that, and it's only it's six to eight weeks mm-hmm. is that program. So that'll open up for the fall, mm-hmm. going into the new year, um, and then this new year is a lot of we're developing the men's version mm-hmm. of some things, and my the speaking side of my business is going to be doing a lot, a lot more, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get the word out about the current programs that mm-hmm. I have, um, and I'm refilming a few things, mm-hmm. but every quarter, like every season, I come out with a new workshop. Mm-hmm. Because I just, I love creating them. Mm-hmm. I like creating the workbooks that go along with them. Mm-hmm. And because the Savvy is higher price point, I like to do things like the pieces of piece is $57. It goes up to 300 after it's over. But mm-hmm. I like to make them like 57 bucks. I just literally, I think I said on Instagram the other day, avoid half an aisle of Target. <laughs> <laughs> you can pay for that. One, um, one night out. What? Yeah, literally. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, just for you, not even if you go mm-hmm. out with someone else. Mm-hmm. My gosh. And again, we've talked about this before in our podcast. Like you can find one nugget. It could just be yes. one day or yep. one piece that could change your life. Yep. No mm-hmm. pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be just one thing of mm-hmm. a whole course that mm-hmm. can that can do it and that you might need to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah, for sure. So how can people find you? Yeah, mostly, I mean, mostly on Instagram mm-hmm. is, is where I'm at. It's at Michaela Bell, so... My name is spelled Michael with an A. And then Bella is, is Bell with an E <laughs> at the end. We'll put, um, that, we can put that in the show notes. Too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm mostly on there. Um, and then all the workshops, too, that I've done in the past are also still available, too. So if there's something that someone's interested in, it's probably on my website, MichaelaBell.co. Mm-hmm. Great. And we'll share all that in notes and everything so people mm-hmm. don't have to wonder, wait, go back. 
Michaela with a what? Michaela with an E? <laughs> Ella with an A? Is your name Michael? <laughs> I know. I get the craziest, like, <laughs> Michela, you know, at um, Starbucks. Michela. <laughs> Michela. <laughs> I was just the most. Michela. I'm like, what? I don't know why that just tickled me so much. <laughs> 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 I was talking to somebody that when you when you order on the app it obviously uses your name yeah but I was talking to somebody the other day who had a really difficult name and they said they always just give John <laughs> <laughs> like that's it and so they're like yeah, yeah just say John and then mm-hmm. they'll be like John oh, mm-hmm. great that's mine and then like their friends are like what that's not your name and yeah well, it's easier it's for them too complicated <laughs> if you try to actually spell it out and let me mm-hmm. take the time yeah like, for sure so it's interesting oh my gosh <laughs> so before we close we always ask um our guests if they can share a song or some people have been sharing two and three songs, <laughs> but mm-hmm. if there's a song that was either really meaningful to you in a difficult point in your life, a song mm-hmm. that's really resonating to you right now, or a song that just always speaks helps to, you. speaks to you. Exactly. Um, we'd love to add it to our playlist. We have mm-hmm. the most eclectic Rocky Road oh playlist on Spotify right now. Mm-hmm. It is off the wall, um, but it's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, because Anything it just, from Backstreet Boys to Jimmy Buffett. Wow. Yeah, there's oh worship God. music. There's Five Finger Death Punch. There's like <laughs> folk. It's it's literally all over the place. Yeah. So what is a song that really, really speaks to you? Well, right now, um, and you guys will probably be shocked, but <laughs> the song is called Peace. Um <laughs> By Anna, what's her last name? Gold. Um, oh my gosh, what is her last name? Golden. We'll Gold look it up. We can something. find it. Yeah. Anna Golden. Anna Golden. Yeah, I. Yeah, I love her. Mm. Her voice is so, so good. Um, but in that song, it's like just talking about having peace in the storm, having mm. peace in the valley. So. I, you know, you guys know that I'm into the peace thing right now. Um, so yeah, that would be my, that'd be my song. Awesome. Mm-hmm. She's got so many good ones on there. And even the new one that she has is really pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with her. So I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. We get to look it up. We learn new music too, which is mm-hmm. great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. So you can check out our playlist at the Rocky Road playlist on Spotify. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that. I'm going to check that out. And it's wild. <laughs> it's hilarious. Let me tell you. Listen to it on shuffle. You'll be very oh, shocked. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen to it straight through and you'll still be equally shocked. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. That's a beautiful yeah. idea. I love that so much. It's yeah. kind of fun too to see, like we know what songs belong to each person. Yeah. But looking at the episodes and if people don't know, like mm-hmm. one of my favorites, for example, was a woman we had, and hers is the five finger death punch that has like the little E next to it. And I'm like, I would not expect this song out of you. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's just interesting. Oh my gosh. Great. What somebody listens to says a lot mm-hmm. about them. And I'm so all over the place with my mm-hmm. music. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I go from that to like Jay Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But we have that because it, it, this, a song tells a story, and mm-hmm. as music therapists, for the two of us, we, we know the meaning of music and how mm-hmm. important it is behind everything that we do. And so we just ask that question and it's like, we have hotel California on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And right. also we, we put them on as we interview. So mm-hmm. they're like previews. So like we'll put yours on today when oh, we're interviewing so cool. you and then people can like listen, but they don't know whose it is yet. And yeah. so it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, so they can kind of check it out. So it's just a fun thing. That I love that. <laughs> thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. And it's amazing. There's so much. Mm-hmm. Probably listen to this episode two or three times to <laughs> catch everything. Mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah. 
So thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to see what happens with your course material. I I love like seeing your little blurb on Instagram. So I just, yeah, it helps you feel connected. So Mm. I hope everyone who's here listening, follow Michaela. She's great. And she shares some sassy opinions sometimes too, which Mm -hmm. is always appreciated. (laughs) Definitely. I got some sass in Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also fun just seeing your personal journey too. And like Mm. Malin growing up and everything. Oh my gosh. And now with Ryan, it's cool to just, Mm -hmm. you haven't met him, but you feel like you kind of know him. Yeah. It's cool. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah. (laughs) We'll catch y'all down the road. See you later. Bye guys.